Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I'm so grateful for y'all being here today. You know, it's fun to come in here and make a noise all by ourselves, but it's so much better when we come in and do it together, isn't it? Yes. Praise God. I'm grateful for songs, but I'm grateful for each each person. You might not even know the song, but you can watermelon it or whatever it takes to, to get a sound out and make a joyful noise. I, there's, there's something about responding to God with joy that gives him honor. It's like, he's done so much for us that all, the least we can do is be glad about it. Have you ever, have you ever given your kid a present like at Christmas time? And especially when it gets to the last one, you know, they're, they're all done being excited about stuff, and, and they open up that special thing. It might have been, been the one you put the most into, and there's no response at all. It's kind of like, ah, I shouldn't have given that to them. <laughs> but, but the more we realize how much God has done so that we can be glad, he's done so that, that we can be happy, amen? And so I'm so grateful for each person that when we come together, his praises are, are glorious together. Thank you for praising together with us today. Amen. Hallelujah. And I believe, I just want to speak something over our body too, because we've been declaring this over the, since the first of the year. But I, I've been thinking about it. You know, every time a buddy, wasn't that, aren't you grateful for Buddy and, and his sharing, you know, receiving the offering? And, and uh, uh, JP did a great job while we were gone. I'm so grateful for everybody while we were gone stepping in. Because you know what? We're all ministers, aren't we? We all have something to share. Sometimes... Uh, you don't know until you actually start sharing. And then, then the Spirit comes in and gives you words to say, amen. Um, but I believe that just like faithfully planting financially, you can expect a return. Now, it's one, one uh, uh, session is not going to be the same as a lifestyle. But, but when you have a lifestyle of this, that's part, partly why... I had a new truck given to me. Well, it's not a new truck. It's a 2012, but, but for me, it's new. It's, it's like only one person has driven it, maybe. I don't know. It's really nice. But the reason I, I received that is because somebody has been faithful to give their whole life. And now I'm reaping the benefit of their faithfulness. How wonderful that is. You know, sometimes we're just concerned about ourselves getting something, you know? And what we, we don't realize is that God has a plan for somebody else to reap the benefits of our faithfulness to plant. Amen? <laughs> so I see that in the area of just giving. You know, I mean, that, that's a principle of God. The, the, the seed time and the harvest. You're going to receive something if you plant. But it's also true for the word. And I want to encourage us to, we, we're, we're saying something over our offerings. I, I, want you, I, I want us to, even this morning, Let's realize that God's wanting to plant something in us, and, and his word is, is the seed, isn't it? There's a seed that's in his word. And what's the purpose of a seed? It's to produce. Amen? <laughs> but just like you have to add faith to your giving in order to expect a receiving, I believe you need to do that with the word, too. And I say that over this body, that we are growing. You know what? Um, it's, it's like kids, when they're in your house all the time, uh, well, Braden, he's kind of defying that a little bit. He's just growing real fast, you know. But, but you know, when you're seeing him every day, you don't see him grow. It's kind of like watching grass grow, you know. It's like you don't just sit there and do it, but if you come in back a couple more days, it's going to be grown. And that's the way it is. And I want to encourage us that don't just, don't just come here and go to church. Yeah. 
Let's recognize that God wants to speak something into our life. And every time there's a, a, a presentation of the word, there's an opportunity for a harvest in that. But, but, but there has to be this attitude of, I'm going to be changed by this. Yeah. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so I encourage you in that to, to, to recognize that the word's been planted in you already, that you are growing. Amen? I've, I've, I've become more and more impressed about how much we have yet to grow. In fact, the more, uh, the more you discover, the more you realize how much there is yet to discover. And so you can kind of put a gauge on that. If you feel like you've discovered a lot, maybe you haven't discovered anything. <laughs> Buddy's, Buddy's little illustration was really great today because um, I kind of had the same thing happen to me in San Antonio when I got my truck. Right after I got my truck, I was doing some roofing stuff, and I went down, stayed in a hotel, and I went out, and all my tools were gone the next morning. <laughs> Similar kind of a thing. But it does, it does change how you make yourself prepared for the next time. Being ready is essential. Um, and how many have not been ready for something that you wished you had been ready for? <laughs> Somebody shows up at the house and, 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 and you should invite them in. But you stand with the door as Closed as possible <laughs> because you're not ready. <laughs> and you're going like this at the same time. <laughs> uh, and then there's some people, like somebody that I'm related to, it doesn't matter when you show up because her house is always ready. That, that kind of a person, you know, it's like, <laughs> I had a next door neighbor, uh, Ina, Ina Gay, and, and we had, when the snow came down in, in Colorado, it came down horizontal, you know. It didn't know how to just float down beautifully because the wind's always blowing, right? So you get drifts and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, I mean, we would, we would be having one of these blizzards going on in the middle of the night, and you'd look outside, and Ina Gay has a broom sweeping off her sidewalk as the snow comes down because she's going to be ready. If somebody shows up, they're not going to have to wade through snow. They're just going to be ready. <laughs> it is very important how ready we are. And so I, I, I know I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the choir here today. But man, this is something that's real strong on my heart, especially uh, when you get a glimpse of somebody going into eternity. So I just lost my mom. Uh, you know, about a week and a half ago. And, and when, you, when you get a glimpse of that, you get an understanding of, of the finality of, of what seems to be so important to us most of the time. And how precarious our position really is uh, in light of eternity, if we're not careful. We're just putting the computer under the seat, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we think everything's good. And really, we're not ready. And, 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 um, and again, I know I'm talking to the choir here the, this morning, but and, and there's, there's so much teaching with, with regard to what I'm going to talk about here today. I don't want to impose my, um, my interpretation upon any of the things that some of you might be familiar with. There's a lot of teachers out there that are calling this, you know, interpreting that to be a certain event that's going on in the world today. And and I, you, you almost can't 
just observe things that are going on in the world without saying something's up, right? And, uh, but I just want to look at the scriptures and say that if these scriptures are true, if we can just read them for what they say, then there should be something that we take from that that causes us to look at ourselves in a certain way. Can we do that? Um, there's, there's a temptation always, and, and I just want to encourage us. You know, uh, anytime we're, we're being made to feel like we're okay, like everything's good. Now, I believe we are in Christ. We're secure in him. But anytime there's a question as to uh, God's position on something, I, it, it is so important to be safe. To not say, I'm going to get by with something. I'm going to be okay if I don't do something. Does this make sense? And I want to I want to challenge on this, us on this because I think there's ever a, a greater place for us to go in our readiness. Amen. There's some dust that fell on the floor <laughs> because this God that we're talking about, this God that we love to worship and to praise and to lift up, He's not okay with unreadiness. He likes things to be right. He likes things to be right so much that he sent Jesus to make them right. Not to say it's okay to be wrong and we'll just call it right. You know, that's going on in the world so much right now. You can tell what somebody's up to by what they're accusing somebody else of. I'll let you fill in the blanks. But you know what I'm talking about. If somebody's whining about something, I, I'll just go there a little bit. Can I go there just a little bit? <laughs> I never heard anybody talking about uh, democracy being in peril until recently. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like in the last year they start, oh, democracy's in peril, democracy's in peril. And you better look to the one that's saying that as being the one that's making democracy in peril. Because they've done more to destroy democracy than anybody else has in history. And they're on the path to do that. But that's the way of the devil. And so what the devil wants to do is, is come and say, you're okay the way you are. Don't worry about it. God's already taken care of that. You don't have to do anything at all. And you know what? We're going to look at this because God cares what we care about. And he's not going to force heaven on us. How rude would that be? That's not the love of God. To say, now you're going to have to go to heaven whether you like it or not. And somebody sitting there saying, no, I like to do this. I like to do this. I don't like you. Oh, that doesn't matter. You have to go. Grace says you have to go. That's not what grace is about. And so we'll look at this, okay? I got several scriptures I want to get through. And uh, hang with me on this. I think it's going to be good for us. Amen. Let's pray. We need the Holy Spirit to help us today. Father, we thank you that, that right now there are spirits in these seats today. And Father, your word penetrates past the barriers in the mind and goes right to the heart. And God, we pray for revelation in our spirits today 
that will take us to a place of transformation in our lives, that will take us out of a position of peril that bondage in our mind has taken us to. We pray for there to be a liberty, a freedom in the spirit to perceive the truth and to follow the truth. (laughs) That's the kind of knowing of truth that sets us free. And so, Father, we pray for freedom in the spirit today to to follow your leading in in knowledge and understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk, just talk about being ready today, okay? And and, and just what does it actually mean to be ready? And I'm just going to look at a couple things here, okay? Um, First of all, you got to be packed up. We're getting ready to go on vacation. And um, I'm thankful that I have a packer upper as my help meet. Man, she's taking that on. I, I love it. I love it. Now, when I went to Africa, I had to pack everything I, for because she didn't know what I needed, right? And I, so I'm, I'm capable of it, but she meets. I never have to do it. So it, it's kind of like driving. Why should both of us drive? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, so um, what's that? Jab, jab. <laughs> okay. Um, man, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, that's what, that's what I get for going there. <laughs> I got over, got over in the place. Oh, oh, we're, we're getting packed up for the vacation. Okay, there, there we go back. All right. I was feeling guilty there. I was feeling like I needed to repent in front of everybody. All right. <laughs> and, and, you know, yesterday I, I left my wallet, you know, in, in the Jeep. Because uh, I'd gone to the store and I left it in my Jeep. And, uh, and so I'm asking her where it is. And uh, she says, you know, we can't get on the plane if you don't have your wallet. <laughs> and I might as well not go on vacation if I'm not packed up. To, to successfully go on a, on a trip, you got to be packed up, don't you? You got to be, you got to have all your things in place, you know? If you're going to go across the border, I, I thought you could just do it with a driver's license, but, but you have to have a, a passport now, don't you? I mean, it, it's kind of, they've gotten really, and it's not so much to get over into Mexico, it's to get back. It's like, I'm just going to swim across the river, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they have to let me in if I go across the river. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just went there too, didn't I? <laughs> so you better, you better have everything packed up. You better be ready to go, right? You have all your stuff in order. This isn't working for me here, so if you, if you wouldn't mind helping me on advancing. Normally, I can control the... the the uh, and it and it goes. Let's see what what we have here. Yeah, I need everybody on on task here. All right. So it's going to have to be. And, and partly the the reason why I say anxiously awaiting is because if <laughs> if you don't care, you'll forget that you're supposed to go. You're you'll forget that 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 uh, that relative was coming over. <laughs> and you should clean the house. But boy, if it's somebody you care about, 
and you're anxiously awaiting them? That's part of being ready, isn't it? Caring about it. All right? And then you're going to be presentable. So you're going to be stocked up. You're going to be anticipating what's happening. And then you're going to be presentable. So you don't, you know, roll out of bed stinky head (laughs) you know you're going to be presentable because you care about what that person thinks don't you you want to be accepted by them you don't want them thinking man I'm never doing this again right why because you care about them you want to be presentable and to be accepted and to be honored so these are just some of the things that that we're going to carry into what does it mean to be ready You're going to have to have things in order, right? So, let's go to this next one. Uh, So, my mom went on to be with the Lord. And uh, she was contending. She said, I want to go in the rapture plan. I want to go up with everybody. And uh, so, we were were believing with her for that. And then then we discovered something that, that... that I'll, that I'll show you here. But let's read this in 1 Corinthians first. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. How many are aware of this? Amen. What is this? This is, the, this is Jesus coming back, isn't it? And again, there's a lot of different interpretations of this. And I will contend that it doesn't matter if, he's, if there's an actual rapture or we pass away. We're going to see Jesus. We have an appointment with him that we need to be ready for as if it's right now. Amen? I'm, wonderful, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for this wonderful description of what's going to happen. And I choose to believe that that's how it's going to be. Amen? So this is what she was believing for. Let's go to this next, next verse, though. And this is what we, we found out in 1 Thessalonians 4. It says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And who gets to go first? This is what we started talking with mom about when she was getting ready to go on and be with the Lord. She said, you know what, mom? You get to go before we do. And we're going to meet each other in the air. Does this sound like something we should be ready for? Well, if you really care, if you really believe it, amen? But I want us to be challenged <laughs> about how soon this can actually be. Amen? And if so, how is it affecting our readiness? And what does readiness look like? Amen? You know, we used to talk about this all the time. And and here's the thing. My mom, I would come home from school. And if my mom was there, I was was good. But if she wasn't, because we talked about this a lot, what we're going to talk about today. We don't do this all the time, and, and I want to, I, I feel a real responsibility to share this with you, <laughs> because he's coming back 
Not just for everybody. Not just for everybody. All right, let's, uh, for the Lord himself, oh, then, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Now, just this last phrase is, is part of the key to this. If you don't really care about being with the Lord, you're not going to be ready. And if, and if you're actually going opposite of him, you're rebelling against him, not only will you not be ready, you don't want to go. <laughs> right? Unless you realize the ramifications of not going. And this is something that needs to be real to our... This is part of the fear of God, I believe. That we have an appointment with Jesus. Amen? And you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of teaching going on right now, and I don't want to get into that side of it, because I just want to say, what do we need to do to care for our readiness? Because there's a lot of teaching going on that, that he's coming in September, you know? And I got to looking on the internet, and he was supposed to come September last year, too. But, you know, that's kind of how it's been my whole, my whole life. I've heard a lot of this, but you know What? The more you get lax and you say, maybe he's not coming right away, that enables you to go ahead and act in a way as if he's not. And that is the most perilous thing you could ever do. Because he's going to come back when you don't think he is. So the only way to protect against not being ready is to always think he is. Always be about being with him before he comes back. Because it's the ones who are with him now that care about being with him then. Amen? All right, let's go to this next one. So separation of the ready is the taken versus the condemned. This passage, and and you might be familiar with everything we're talking about today, but man, let's take this to heart, can we? Amen? And and, and maybe it's to share with somebody else. Maybe maybe it'll help us care about people more. Amen? Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Now, there's an exact time when that's going to be. The nice thing about an appointment that you put on your calendar, you know exactly when it's going to be. What we have in the second coming of Christ is not an hour on a calendar, but we have a lot of signs that we're given. We have a lot of indications. They have a lot of reason to take it seriously. When I was a kid, it was Russia. You know, Russia's coming, got to hide under the desk, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and it might, he might delay his coming somewhat. But I want to be inspired to be ready now more than ever. Amen? Because I don't know when it is. And if I don't know, I better, I better do what I can to make sure I'm ready when he is, which could be any moment. And, you know, we could, our, our life isn't guaranteed. We can, we can pass away. Now, Jesus came to take the sting of death and ultimately death altogether. But whether Jesus comes or not, 
We should be ready right now to meet him. Amen? All right. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. There's a whole lot of that going on on all kinds of different levels, right? Until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. What is that? Everybody's acting like there's, it's just going to go on like this forever. And we can just waken up to whatever we think is right. While God's saying, tick tock, tick tock, this is going to end, right? All right, where was I? I'm going to the top again. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. This is talking about now. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour and that the thief uh, would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be what? ready for the son of man is coming in at an hour you do not expect who then is a faithful and wise servant who his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season blessed is the servant whom his master when he comes will find so doing assuredly i say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods but if that evil servant and here's the part for us because we're not just called to take care of ourselves we're called to serve and this is going to be part of readiness readiness isn't just taking care of ourselves readiness is serving right so he's talking about a, a, a servant a, somebody that, that, that the master's over and he says you know what um, if that if that servant starts saying master's going to delay his coming i know it looks like he People are saying he's coming in September, but they said it the last couple of years. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and put it on cruise and enjoy my life a little bit, right? My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. <laughs> the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. Let's see, who's, who's doing the declaring here? This is Jesus, isn't it? What would Jesus do? You know, I, I looked this up, this cut him in two. Now, I think the King James says cut asunder, doesn't it? Um, I looked this up, and it was actually a form of torture back they would actually cut people. They start cutting them up as torture. Uh, I think they said, was it Jeremiah or Isaiah? It was actually sawn in two. They said that's what's going to happen to that kind of ah. It's serious, right? 
Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it's not a good thing, is it? To not be ready or to be supposing. And, and the only thing you can do is to suppose it's now. I've got to finish. I'm going to finish my sermon here. <laughs> but don't plan on it. <laughs> plan on Jesus coming. Now everybody say, man, it's getting kind of long. I, I'm going to pray that he comes before the end. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so... Part of the reason why this is so important is because God really cares. <laughs> and, and I thought about it like this. He's, he's, it, it's, it refers to, to Jesus as the, the groom, right? The bridegroom. And we're the bride. And, and so we're going to look at this, this example right here. that is related to a marriage, and a lot of times he, he relates it to a marriage. But I was thinking about just, if, if, the, if I were to go to, to uh, I said, Kim, we're going to get married tomorrow. <laughs> and, and she says, okay, what time? And I say, two o'clock. And, and I show up, and she's still in bed. I kind of figure we're not going to go get married right then. Right? And she says, I, I gotta go get my eyelashes done. Actually, I think this is like a really good example. Because this is how God looks at it. He says, you know what? I've done so much that I'm telling you I'm coming. And if we're gonna get married, you're gonna be ready. Amen? You're not gonna have something else to do, you're not gonna have to finish your business. You're not going to have to go and do something with your family. No. If you're going to marry me, you're going to be ready for me. All right? Okay. So there was, there was a, a tradition in, in, in that period of time where uh, the groom would come in and there would be maidservants. That were, and there's a lot of other analogies that you could use in this example. But this is the ten virgins. And um, part of their duty was to, 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 to uh, honor the groom when he came in, to have, have uh, lamps that were lit to light the way for, it's kind of like we have glitter things, you know, that we do at night when we're, there they go, you know, and they get in the, in the, the hearse, oh, it's not the hearse, it's the, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm, I'm sorry, see, that woke somebody up, right? <laughs> but there was a necessity for them to really honor the groom for them to be ready ahead of time because they didn't know when he was coming. And so what that required is for them to have all, to be packed up and to be actually awake and ready to go when he comes, right? And the problem is there were five wise ones but there were five foolish ones and the foolish ones said 
ah, he's not coming. They let it go. They let it slide. And they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to go to sleep. They went ahead and went to sleep right away. Right? But the ones that were ready, they anticipated his coming. So let's, let's read this. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. So they weren't ready to actually, they said, it, it might not be a while, so we might as well not just be ready. They didn't even take, they didn't pack up. They weren't, they weren't stocked up. While the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. It says they all slumbered and slept, didn't it? Not just the five. But they all slumbered and slept, right? And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out now to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. That sounds kind of like in the end, there'll be a lot to say, Lord, Lord. And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. How does he know us? By us knowing him. Amen? By us caring about him. Watch therefore, for you know know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So, this is related because they were all, they all 10 had lamps. They all 10 had oil at one point. And it is related to us in the church. We've all been born again. We've all been filled with the Holy Spirit. But are we ready? It says to be being filled, not just having been filled. It says to be full. Of the spirit. That they, those who walk in the spirit are the children. Those who live by the spirit are the children. Not for those who have been. So the five are those who had an experience in God. But they let the oil go down. And then it became somebody else's problem. When the trumpet started blowing. It's somebody else's problem. Give me yours. Trying to draw from somebody else. And it's our responsibility to take care of our own readiness. Amen? (laughs) It's not something that we can lean upon where we've been. Because I don't know about you, but I get hungry every day. If my body gets hungry every day, what about my spirit? What about my relationship to God? What about my being with God? The only way to be ready for Jesus when he comes, to go be with him, is to live with him. Amen? This is a challenge. I challenge us in this. Amen? (laughs) All right. To be worthy of the wedding is to be without an excuse. Matthew 22, 8. And Jesus gives other examples of this. But this is where he sent out invitation to the marriage. And everybody that was 
invited, declined. They said, we got to do business. We got to do other things. And so he, he sent out and he said, uh, let's go invite others, right? Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not. I think you could say ready. Amen? They weren't ready. They didn't care about it. It didn't mean enough for them to be stocked up, packed up, anticipating, preparing, right? And God cares about that. It's not enough to just be invited. It's not enough to just have grace to be saved. We have to be ready for his coming, okay? All right. Let's do this next one. It dishonors the excellence of the king to be without garments of righteousness he's provided. So this is where they did invite everybody to this feast, right? And the, the invited ones said, no, we're too busy. We've got to do all this other stuff. <laughs> we're occupied with our lives. We don't have time for you. And so what happened? They went, in the, they went in the highways and the byways and they invited everybody in, right? And everybody came in, but God still, he says, it's, it's not enough to just swim across the river. You got to become a citizen, <laughs> right? You have to be in me, not just know about me. You don't just answer the invitation, sign on the card. No, it has to be your life. Amen? Because, but when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on what? He wasn't presentable, was he? He wasn't clothed in garments of righteousness. (laughs) He didn't put on Jesus. He just showed up. Said it's all taken care of already. No. God cares. Right? He said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a, wet, without a wedding garment? Now, here's the thing. God isn't expecting us to clothe ourselves. He's going to clothe us. But he expects us to put on what he's provided. Amen? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot. Take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Huh. And who's saying this? Jesus. Amen? This is the one we have the appointment with. This is the one that's giving us a clue about how important it is that we get ready to meet him. Amen? Okay, so what is readiness again? (laughs) It's being well nourished and cleansed by the word for service. So there's, there's a couple things that need to take place here. If we're going to be ready, how many want to be ready? How many are ready? How many are in a position of getting even more ready? Yeah. That's all of us. Amen. Yeah. I want to be on my toes saying, I, I'm not. <laughs> so, so we got football starting again, right? And some people are into this. Some people aren't. But <laughs> if you are at all, you know that there's a whole bunch of people getting cut right now. I think there was, what is it, 80 down to 60-something or something like that? Um, they start off with like 100 and some. And, and these are guys that think themselves to be ready. I mean, they've showed up, you know. They've been drafted. They've walked on, whatever it is. But, man, 
and, and they're, they're, they're naturally very, very good. <laughs> but they show up for these preseason games, and in every game they have, to, they have to cut people. And who are they cutting? The ones that are the least ready. <laughs> Even at that level, right? There's a, there's a readiness that has to be taken on. That they aren't going to have just without doing something about it. You can, you can see some of these guys. I mean, they are, they are gifted. And they think, I can just do it in my natural gifting. And they find out it takes a whole lot more when you get to that level. You're going to have to be ready. The ones that last, that go, go the longest, that do the best, their whole life has a regimen. What they eat, they can't just eat whatever they want to eat. They have to eat what's been designed for them to be ready. Especially the older you get, the more ready you have to be. Amen? If you don't want to get cut. <laughs> now, again, God, is, and we'll see, that God is not about wanting to make people gnash their teeth and cut them in two and all. That's not what he's about. He's about drawing us into a place where we can be with him. But being with him is what it's about. I know y'all are the choir. I'll just let you all start singing here. Okay. <laughs> but let's keep going. Ready with the reason. So here's the first thing. We want to we, we have an understanding. So there has to be knowledge that we get. Amen. That's the nourishment of the word. That's what gives us, that, 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 that's what gives us the oil. The oil of joy. The oil of understanding. Amen. But it's, it has a purpose of taking us somewhere. So, can you go back just one real quick? There we go. Yeah, so we want to be well-nourished and not just, not just have information, but we want to be cleansed. There's a place beyond the veil where his holiness will cause us to become holy. He says, be holy because I'm holy. And who's he talking to? He's talking to the ones he's coming for. He's not talking to ones who don't care. He's talking to the ones who are going to go in that rapture. Amen? <laughs> All right. And we get, we get nourished, we get cleansed, and then we are, are enabled to serve. And that's where we're prepared also. Ready with a reason. Knowing much about the, the coming one. So, 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Isn't this interesting? He doesn't say sanctify yourself. It says sanctify the Lord God. In your heart. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. So, what's it doing? It's changing how we're living. How how is our how how is our conduct changed to where the, the world can cause like they can they can say that we're the democracy destroyers, but in actuality what we are. You know what I mean? And it says this happens when you go back, please. Keep it on that. I need to reference that. When you sanctify the Lord God in your heart, it transforms your nourishment. To, to change your conduct. Amen? This is how you become presentable. 
You're not just presentable to God. You're presentable to the world. Representing the world. Amen? Okay. All right, go to the next one. The presentable church is made up of those who have accessed his preparation and are ready. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands. Okay, ladies are going to be so glad I got this part. It's interesting, you know, Paul isn't, isn't focusing on the part I want to focus on, and yet it's, it's core to how we treat each other in a family. And it's how Jesus was demonstrated in how he cared for us, right? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Why did he give himself for us? That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. The purpose that Jesus has in our, in our life, in the word, when we receive the word, it isn't to become a bludgeon against somebody else. Oh, somebody else needs to hear this word. <laughs> it's to cleanse us. It's to prepare us. Isn't that wonderful? He comes to prepare us. That's how he, he, he gave himself for this purpose so that we be, could be prepared. We could be ready. Let's go to the next one. That he, might pre- or, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Isn't this wonderful? He says that he might present her to himself. This is wonderful. He's not, he's not saying, y'all go get ready all by yourself. And I hope you do a good enough job because you're going to be gnashing your teeth if you don't. No, he says... You come to me now. Let me get you ready. Amen? The reason why somebody's not going to be ready isn't because they didn't have an opportunity in God to be prepared. Because he says, I'm here for you right now. I laid down my life so that you getting in me makes you prepared, makes you clean. Amen? That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing, but the, that she should be holy and without blemish. This is who God, and this is what's so strong on my heart right now. I think there's a whole bunch in the church that are the five unwise, that think themselves okay. They don't realize that God's not coming back for somebody that has grace band-aids all over their face. But somebody who has submitted themselves to the washing of the word and allowed his holiness to cleanse them. Amen? I feel a responsibility to share this right now because there is going to be, and we'll get to this, there is going to be an after rapture. And it's not going to be a party. There's going to be a lot of people that thought themselves okay, that still have an opportunity to be saved, but it's going to be by fire. It's going to be by trial and tribulation. This isn't the fun stuff, I know. Come back again, we'll, we'll, we'll teach more fun stuff. But I would rather know the truth. Amen? And make a choice that's a wise choice. Even if it means cutting off some stuff from myself. Amen? Actually, I'm not doing the cutting. I just come to his presence. I want to get more serious about Jesus. What I claim to believe needs to be real in my life. 
Amen? And all that junk that the enemy comes and he wants to say, you can mingle it together with everything else. And Jesus says, no, I'm coming from, for a church that's without spot. That's clean. <laughs> without a blemish. Man, that's pretty high standard, isn't it? I'm so thankful that it's not on me. But I better be under the stream. If, if I'm concerned about when, being ready when he comes, I better be staying under the shower all the time. I got me a portable shower. It's not a cloud of depression. It's a cloud of cleansing. Amen? <laughs> all right. So let's go. Next one. Readiness is the work of grace for those who are looking. So remember one of the things about being ready is anticipating, looking for it. I believe the more, this is why we need to talk about these kinds of things. The more we actually believe he's coming right now, he could come before I'm done, right? What that does for us is it adjusts our chooser, adjusts our looker, adjusts what we're anticipating so that we can be ready. Because the grace of God is here not to just fix stuff from the past, but to enable a path of righteousness and readiness. And Jesus called this a very narrow path. He said it's not something that's going to be popular, that everybody gets to do just because somebody told them they're okay. And, and Billy Graham even, even acknowledged this. Probably the man that, that had the most people you know, receive Jesus. He was most concerned about this, that you don't have a salvation that is not real just because you went up in a line. That baptism isn't just underwater, it's your life. It's everything getting immersed under the reality of God. Yes. Amen? Yes. So that everything about your life is in the presence of God now. I walk in the spirit. I walk in his presence. That's my baptism. Immersed in him. Amen. So readiness is the work of grace for those who are looking. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So I'm thankful that this is for everybody. I would probably have been not chosen if, you know. But it's for everybody. Right now, what makes the difference? It's appeared for everybody, but who's looking? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking for the blessed hope. Ah, that integral part of readiness. What do you hope for the most? Is it the Amazon delivery? <laughs> Is it the stork delivery? You know, <laughs> what are we anticipating? That deal in the business. What are we anticipating the most? What comes alive in us? If Jesus isn't coming alive in us, we are not getting ready for him. This is not supposed to be dark and doomed despair. This is supposed to come, this is our life. This is actually what we're, this is our blessed hope, is it not? Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. 
looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from everything lawless, every lawless deed, and do what? Purify for himself. That, that, that same reference again, right? He's purifying for himself his own special people, zealous for only things that are good. And this kind of this is kind of snooty, isn't it? God cares about this because purity and holiness and righteousness is the only thing that is is it allows the abundant eternal life of Christ to survive in us. Amen. So this grace, go back one one frame again. This grace, the purpose of God's grace, the appearing of it. The most powerful thing about it is for its purification of us. So that when we, when we submit to the presence of God, we have to actively be, be saying, God, what, what is it about denying ungodliness? What are we doing? We're choosing our God. Because when there's an ungodliness, it's actually a God. There's a spirit involved with it that we are submitting to another spirit other than God. And it's not just something random that we can just say, okay, I can just, I'm going to do this and I know God's going to forgive me anyway. Well, he's wonderful about that. But the purpose of that grace is not to keep covering up your faults and, and saying you're stuck in this. The purpose of it is to deliver you from it so that any moment you're not saying, I'm just going to do this for this moment. <laughs> because there's a heart that is associated with choosing ungodliness at any moment. Now I know I know there's a there's a power in grace that is that, that we are safe in him, we're always secured in him, but there are consequences in the natural all the time. That's why God, you know, you can miss the rapture and still go to heaven. Did you know that? But you don't want to. Did you know that you can be saved and never be prosperous? But you don't want to. You can be saved and be sick all the time. But who wants that? Right? What's the difference? Because the difference is, is he really your life? And if, and if you are submitting to ungodliness, he cannot be your God. And he's not coming, he's not coming for somebody that is actively submitting to ungodliness. <laughs> Sometimes we have to hear this. Amen? I would rather hear the truth. And, and this is partly why, what I feel compelled in this is there is going to be an after rapture. And I don't want anybody coming back and saying, you never told us about this. Amen? I'm telling you. I'm telling you in, in love that the grace of God has appeared. Right now it's appearing to all of us. What are we looking for? Is it our blessed hope? Amen? Because if it is, it's going to do some changing. I don't care how wonderful you've been this last week. You have some more wonderfulness to, to seek after. Amen? Not because it's your own righteousness. But you come, become desperate for the presence of God. The honor of his presence. Amen? All right. Who, uh, let's, go. let's go to the couple slides ahead. Man, I'm going to get that thing working better. All right. 
So it makes us, the wonderful thing about this is we're talking about ourselves right now. When you choose ungodliness, you're not just choosing ungodliness so that you can be purified yourself. You're, being enab- you're be- becoming an enabler of somebody else to know him. How impossible it is for somebody to know Jesus when you're ensconced in something that is not him. The only way the world can see Jesus is through us. Amen? And he's, they're not going to see him because we're wearing a banner on the outside. They're going to see him because our lamp is oiled up on the inside. What is the purpose for that oil, that preparation? That, that It's to glorify the groom when he comes in. Amen? The purpose of our being ready with the oil, with, the, with that freshness of our relationship with God is so that when we go anywhere, there's a light that's shining that Jesus is real because he's real in my life. And how impossible that is if we're not living unto him. We can't, nobody cares what we preach about Jesus if we're not living him. Amen? So here's the wonderful thing about being ready. You cannot be ready. You cannot be cleansed. You cannot be packed up and, and, and be completely ready until you're actually serving. <laughs> because that's what you're being prepared for. Grace cleans us up and makes us the shining light of who Jesus is. And that is serving. Amen? Here's the wonderful thing about this. I don't know how how married you are to how you've been your whole life or whatever. But man, I'm not to myself. I mean, not to how you are. But I'm ready to, God changed me completely. I just, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not holding on to anything, <laughs> you know? I mean, there's been times in my life when, you know, you like your haircut and you like, you know, you like how this works and stuff. It's one, one of the things about getting older, I think, is you, you, things kind of can get into perspective a little bit more. But I think this can happen. Man, David had it from day one, it seemed like, this perspective of, of the bigger picture. That my life isn't just about me. My life is about becoming a vessel. A light that shines out for him. Amen. And every moment that that becomes our occupation. Every moment is one that's preserved for readiness. Amen. Is that good? So let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, Blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming 
at an hour you do not expect. So how do you make sure he does not come at an hour you do not expect? You do not allow there to be an hour that you do not expect. Amen? You just begin expecting him all the time. That sounds like something we can be occupied with. Amen? You know, you think, well, I got a job. I got a family. I got kids screaming at me. You know, it's like, how do I do this? Well, this is the wonderful thing. He'll be a part of that. He'll actually make it better for you. He'll be the glory and the lifter of your head. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to this next one. Are you good this morning? Oh, it's good to know, isn't it? The vision beyond the present enables overcoming distractions. So it's so important for us to get out of this world ensconcement that everything's about now. Everything's about my life right now. That's where, that's where we fall into sin. That's where we fall into ungodliness. It's about this moment. I can do this. Nobody sees me. It's about this time right now. And God says, no, it's about a bigger thing. In everything you do, every idle word you say, and this sounds pretty constricting, doesn't it? But it's actually liberating. It really is. This is the God life. 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and holiness? If all this stuff's going to get washed, and this is what happens when you see somebody pass, you realize that everything that they had is gone. Everything that seems so important is gone now. You know, I just, I just received a, some, some audio from my mom. We had this piano that my dad refinished. It's an amazing upright piano. It's got this, all this ornate stuff on it, and, and we all learned piano on it. And uh, most of the time, it was us kids learning piano, you know, do all the exercises and everything. And we really didn't hear mom play all that much. Somebody, my, my sister sent me an audio of a couple things. Mom was amazing on the piano. I mean, just some classical pieces that were just, she's got these little hands and she just, just, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. Amazing. And I'm sure she's playing somewhere else now, but, you know, she's not playing that piano anymore. <laughs> you know, she spent a whole bunch of time practicing on that piano and, and, and it's, it, it's taken to the other side. But for this, right now, it's over with. Everything that seems so big to us right now, God's saying, it's, it's all going to be burned up. Let's get over giving in to it. <laughs> Let's let there be something bigger than that, amen? Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for, looking for, looking for, and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, look forward to these things. Be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. Isn't that good? Now, really a wonderful little phrase in there again. Remember, uh, 
we were just talking about how there's going to be people that say, Lord, Lord, and they'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Look at this. Be diligent to be found by him in peace. That's in the spirit, isn't it? That's in the fruit of the spirit. Without spot and blameless. This is so wonderful. It's not something we have to, to get ourselves cleaned up. We don't have, all we do is choose him. It's, it's, it's not about trying to get rid of something ourselves. It's not trying about, uh, about not being uh, sinful or ungodly. It's about just getting in him. Yeah. Amen? Right. All right. Let's keep going. We're getting close. Hang in there. Not just a confession, but the, la- but the baptism of a consecrated life leads to the tree of life. Revelation 2.7. So there's an end to all of this. You can go to Revelation, you can get all kinds of perspectives on what's going on right now and all this kind of stuff. But this is important. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the middle of the paradise, uh, paradise of God. So there's, a, there's an important thing here that Jesus is not just coming back for everybody who ever said, yes, be my Lord. He's coming back for those who overcome. And how do you overcome? We're more than overcomers by the blood of Jesus. Amen? By, the, by submitting to him. But what is that one that overcome? That's somebody that's ready. That's somebody that's ready for him when he's coming. All right? All right, I've got one more here. And this is where we, I, I feel the being compelled to, to share this and an obligation because it's the truth. Popular is dangerous. Distrust of excuses and questionable comforts. This is what we, sh- we shouldn't be trusting things that somebody said, oh, it's going to be okay. You're, you're safe. Don't worry about it. Just keep on living the way you are. I would be very distrustful of that. Somebody told me that I was going to be okay if I just wore a mask. And I found out that viruses just go wherever they want to go. They go right through that mask, right? I was told by somebody that I should take a vaccine because it was going to keep me safe from all that. And I found out that later on that people that did that are more, more, more harmed by it than they're, they're benefited by it. Who am I supposed to trust? I'm going to distrust somebody that says I'm going to be safe by what they're giving me. Amen? I'm going to trust in what God's given me. He's given me an immune system that's amazing. Right? He's given me the word of God that I can trust on and stand upon. I'm going to... I'm going to Lean towards that. So, so when it comes to these times, I want to lean on what God has said about some things. And I don't want to follow after something that's going to say, it's okay. It's okay to not be clean. It's okay. You can drink just a little bit. It won't hurt you. Well, it might not hurt you, but it might hurt somebody else. Popular is dangerous. Distrust of excuses and questionable comforts. Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So there's an inverse uh, perspective going on. If you're among the many... Plan on, plan on being among the few that go in. 
If you're among the few, plan on being those that do go in, right? All right, I said that was the last one. I have one more, and this is part of it. Okay, that was part of it. Those who remain, there's still grace for tribulation, through tribulation for those who follow, okay? You know, uh, Joe Joe Morris was here recently, and he was talking about end times, and he said, you know, the real revival is going to be after the rapture, not necessarily before the rapture. That's something that's a little bit frustrating right now. I want to see a, a revival right now, right? But he said, you know, the, the biggest revival is going to happen afterwards because everybody's going to realize they missed it and that Jesus is real, right? And that maybe it is important that we choose to be holy and right. And some of the most holy people are going to be those after the rapture. Those who remain, Revelation 7, 13. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? In white robes. That means they're pure, aren't they? That means they've accessed what Jesus came to provide in the blood. They've accessed it completely. They've made it what they clothe themselves in. When you look at them, you see what Jesus did. It's white. It's right. And I said to them, sir, you, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. And man, that makes me want to cry. I'm thinking how precious it's going to be that Jesus still receives people that weren't able to go up in the rapture. Isn't that precious? And people are going to go to him. And they're going to they're turn their life over to him completely. And they're going to go through tribulation. There's, there's references that they'll have to lose their heads. <laughs> and they're going to choose him. Isn't that wonderful? What's really wonderful is we can right now. And he said, I'm going to rescue you from that if you will just choose me now. Right? Therefore, they are before the throne of God. And serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore. Nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them. Nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne. Will shepherd them. And lead them. To living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away. Every tear. From their eyes. Don't you like that? A lot of times we like to just use that for anybody that passes away. And we do. And that's wonderful. But this is referencing those who didn't make the rapture. Who went through the tribulation. Is, isn't the grace of God wonderful? He wants to rescue everybody. He's wanting to rescue us from, from missing right now. Amen? 